every Friday at Site Visibility, we have our weekly team meeting. And sometimes we have workshops or training sessions, round the room catch-ups, and quite often we'll have watch parties. And together, we all recently watched the 2009 advertising documentary, Art and Copy. If you're not familiar with the documentary, it was directed by Doug Prey, who is well known for his documentary work on American subcultures. The full-length documentary is only around an hour and a half long, and so I highly encourage you to go and watch it. I'll link to some of the places that you can find it in the show notes. In Art and Copy, we hear from a selection of the most respective and creative minds in advertising from well-known US agencies from over the last 50 years. It's one of my favourite advertising documentaries, and in this episode, I wanted to share with you some of the key messages and lessons that resonate with me from the documentary, including snippets from the documentary itself. Enjoy. I got into the business. I was working for an agency who represented everything that's wrong with the advertising. It was run by a guy who basically was unscrupulous. He would do anything to keep a client. He would do anything to win a client. And he basically had mostly contempt for the entire creative department. It was this, how big do you want the logo, sir? All they cared about is milking money out of clients and giving them what they want, that kind of formula that makes for so much of the bad work in our industry. And it almost seemed deceitful to allow clients to dictate mediocre work and then pay us for it when we aspired to do something better. That was Lee Clow, Chairman and Chief Creative Officer at TBWA Shyat Day. So here we're talking about bottom-of-the-barrel advertising, just doing exactly what clients ask for. Often we have to remind our clients that we are the experts, that they need to trust us, and we're only doing them a disservice if we're not challenging their thoughts and their ambitions. This can be frustrating, especially as all we're trying to do is grow their businesses. Here's renowned art director and advertiser George Lois on the topic. I've always had this reputation that I've been rough with clients. And, and you know, I have been. It's, it's not that I'm rough with clients. I have a big idea and I show it to them and I try to sell it to them. And, you know, I'm trying to make them rich, you know, and I got to drag them into, into being rich. You know, it drives you nuts. I mentioned this on a recent episode, but this desire to deliver above mediocrity means that good marketers will always strive for something more than just commerce. This can quite often mean challenging the status quo of how a company operates. Here's Dan Wyden of Wyden & Kennedy, followed by Lee Clow. The interesting thing about branding is that you're giving an idea not just to the customer, but also to the company itself of who they are and a sense of themselves, you know what I mean? And a sense of their role and their responsibility in the greater economy. That's like... Uh, being at least a midwife to something pretty amazing, you know? I think we have higher aspirations for our clients and are more passionate about what our clients can be, should be, should try to be than they are. We're trying to tell them, hey, you can be more than just a car company. You can be more than just a pet food company. You can aspire to loving dogs rather than just feeding dogs. Advertising rarely follows a logical and linear process. And while I'm an advocate for business process, I know for myself that inspiration can come at any time and from the most unlikely of places. Sometimes I don't even consciously know what those creative triggers are. We've got to accept that and all be conscious of when business process is stifling creative energy. Advertiser Hal Riney, 
opens the documentary with this. The frightening and most difficult thing about being what somebody calls a creative person is that you have absolutely no idea where any of your thoughts come from, really. And especially, you don't have any idea about where they're going to come from tomorrow. And here we have Jeff Manning of the California Milk Processing Board with Jeff Goodby and Rich Silverstein of Goodby and Silverstein talking about how the grammatical atrocity Got Milk came to be. I absolutely love this story. They had a a presentation board and they didn't have a heading for it. And somebody asked Jeff Goodby, what do you want to put up on the top of the board? And they said, oh, why don't you put like Got Milk question mark? And somebody corrected him and said, yeah, but Jeff, that's not correct. It should be, do you have enough milk? Got milk. And I look at it and go, that's dumbass line. That's bad. It's clunky. It's not even English. And I said, no, it's, I, I like got milk. I think it's kind of cool. It's so short and it's almost nothing. It almost, it's almost gone before you can say the words. <laughs> it worked. And here's Lee Clow again on the dangers of suffocating creative bravery with business process. Trained, left brain, MBA minded, process driven people that basically are the bedrock of so many companies. There's no creativity, there's no intuition, there's no trust, there's no bravery. Here's a great example of inspiration coming from a pretty unlikely place. I don't ever remember reading about this in Shoe Dog. This is Dan Wyden and Nike's former head of marketing, Liz Dolan. Actually, the inspiration for this came from a man that was about to be executed for murder in Utah. And his final words to the firing squad were, let's do it. And um, so so I, th- I thought, well, I probably, I like the do it part of it. That was not the version that I heard when I arrived at Nike. I'm sure they didn't want anyone to really know that that was the genesis of the phrase. Making mistakes and failing is all just a part of the journey in advertising. Not everything we do works. Sometimes we might have an idea as to why something hasn't worked, but often we won't have a clue. Ultimately, you've got to accept it, find what makes you resilient and move on. Here's David Kennedy of Wyden and Kennedy talking about the pushpin installation that spells out the words fail harder in the Wyden and Kennedy office. These are plastic pushpins and in this wall are 100,000 pushpins. Fail harder. (laughs) It took them four days and four nights nonstop to do this. The background is made of pushpins. The easy way would be to do the lettering as pushpins and leave the wall blank. They chose the hard way. It's a perfectly executed concept, you know? And I think that this should be here forever. Well, it's like Babe Ruth trying to hit a home run. I mean, it's like, if you miss, you miss, but at least you swung the bat as hard as you could, you know? And here's Wyden and Kennedy's Jordan Brand ad from 1999. You don't even need to see the video to appreciate this one. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. 
Here's George Lois's take on why you shouldn't dwell on failure. I never had a failure in my life. I probably have, but I forgot them. Because there's nothing you could learn from a failure. If you sit there with a failure and then try to figure out how you failed, you just fucked yourself. Because you're out of, you're out of business. Because all of a sudden, it's George, be careful. And my mother told me to be careful. My father told me to be careful. My sister, everybody tells you to be careful. Your coaches tell you to be careful. School tells you to be careful. In the army, they tell you to be careful. Going into advertising, that's when everybody really told you to be careful. In a meeting, people say, hey, George, be careful. Knowing your goals, finding what makes you resilient, and trying to find a nurturing environment to do your best work is vital for advertisers to reflect on. Here's Mary Wells, founder of Wells Rich and Green, followed by Jeff Goodby. I've had a very big life. I've had a very busy life. But I have the energy. I was born with the energy. It's in my genes. I don't get tired. Maybe because I'm not afraid. I think fear is a very powerful um, depressant. It's a business of rejection. Things are getting killed all the time. You, you start working, you kill ideas for yourself. Then you show it to your partner, and he or she kills a few ideas. And then you show it to the, the, the client, and the client kills a few ideas. Then you show it to some people in a focus group, and they kill a couple of the ideas. And then you come back again and show it to the client again, and he decides he didn't like it after it all because his wife saw it. That can sometimes take a year, that process. You know, It can take a year. It's very stressful and depressing to have those ideas killed. And so there has to be a nurturing environment around here because people have to get themselves up off the floor. What you lack in creativity, you'll sacrifice in ad spend. If you don't have much marketing budget, you can still compete with larger corporations if you're willing to experiment, to fail and to focus on creative. Here's a great example of that with Tommy Hilfiger talking about how George Lois convinced him to launch his famous fill in the blank campaign. He sat me down and said, listen, if you want to have any name recognition in this business at all, you need millions of dollars worth of advertising over and over and over and over. And it'll take you years. If you want your name to be known right away, and people to go and look at your clothes, we need something unique like this. If we're able to cancel out all the noise in marketing, the politics, the fear, the egos, the box ticking, and we're able to identify and communicate a products or services truths, that's when we're most likely to achieve success. Here's Jeff Manning and Rich Silverstein again, talking about the Got Milk campaign. Great advertising almost always starts with something true. It was hundreds of million dollars spent before this on milk does a body good. And they would run the 100 yard dash and whoa, whoa, whoa. That was untruthful. You do not chug milk after a 100 yard dash. I don't think it's good for you. And uh, the truth is, you cut up your strawberries, you put it on your cereal, you're sitting down, and blah, you don't have very much. Ah, I need milk. So there's the truth. And that's it. And here's copywriter and co founder of Carl Alley Inc. Jim Durfee, talking about finding the product truth that helped to introduce FedEx. At Alley, we would get a new account, and the first thing we would do is get so damn absorbed into that business that we would almost own it. And then we would go for the product truth. Strong ideas simply presented. We introduced a new company, FedEx. Lastly, here's Jeff Goodby again sharing his thoughts on why Nike's Just Do It campaigns are so successful. 
maybe just do it did make people healthier in the world. Maybe they, maybe they got out and did it. Maybe they ran more and, and played games more and actually got healthier. But the reason why the campaign is successful is because a likable human emotion, the idea that we can get healthier, was suddenly in parallel with a corporate mission, which was to sell a whole bunch of equipment to people. And we like that. We like those two things together. We don't distrust those two things when they're going in the same direction. People don't mind being sold to if they understand why it's happening and they enjoy the process. So what happens if we can't find the product truths? What if they don't even exist? Again, that's a topic that I touched on in a recent episode, but I quite like this take from George Lois. I always use the term seemingly outrageous. You should look at something and think it's a little crazy. And in the next two or three or four seconds or 20 seconds, you realize, wow, it's on the nose. You know, but, but the product better be damn good. Because if the product that isn't any good, I'll put it out of business. Because people would want to buy it and find it's a piece of shit. I really loved hearing this next clip from Dan Wyden because it's something I truly believe in. Don't try too hard to act what you think a marketer should act like. Don't lose yourself in the gimmick. The whole trick of this business is to stop pretending you're an advertising agency and help the client forget that he's a client and just sit down at the table and go, okay, so what are we going to do? How are we going to turn people on? In closing for this episode, I loved hearing these takes on how advertising is more than just selling stuff. When advertising is at its best, it can sell a product, change perceptions and deeply move people. We have the ability to share our viewpoints with the world, to influence culture and to do good. Let's hear one final time from George Lois. They really understood you were changing the culture. I would make a political and graphic statements that grabs at the heart, grabs at your, at your, at your throat and, and make statements about what the hell you think life should be about. You know, and that's what I've done, I think, all my life with my advertising. I mean, I was always trying to sell product, but I was always making a point. You know, I think advertising can be and should be and at times has been uh, revolutionary, subversive. And now from Jeff Goodby. I mean, I tell people all the time, it's the same as making art. You know, I make stuff, I put it in people's faces and it changes them. And hopefully it enriches them, makes them feel something. And it's really a rush to have it happen to millions of people at once. And a final snippet for this episode from Lee Clow. I happen to believe that when advertising is done well, the wall or the billboard that celebrates a brand artfully and beautifully can be part of our culture as opposed to some form of pollution. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really hope you go and check out the full documentary. As always, let us know your thoughts by messaging us on all platforms at Site Visibility. And this has been the Internet Marketing Podcast. Take care.